0: Probably should have a little better organization, but uh, I was not exactly sure where I stopped reading the last time, and I've been just reading in Acts as we've been preaching the last few times. I believe I went through the story of Stephen or Stephan, who was stoned to death. He was possibly the first uh, Christian martyr. I think I talked about Philip and the eunuch. But I don't know if anyone can correct me on that. So I'll start with uh, Acts chapter eight, <clears throat> and yes, uh, starting just at the first first verse of Acts eight first one. And this, of course, happens immediately after the stoning of Stephen or Stephen uh, that, uh, that happened there. It says, and Saul was consenting unto his death. And at that time there was a great persecution against the church which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria except the apostles. And the devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church entering into every house and hailing men and women committed them to prison. Therefore they that were scattered abroad went every went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them, and many taken with palsies and that were lame were healed. And there was a great joy in that city, but there was a certain man called Simon which before time in the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was some great one, to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God. And to him they had regard, because of a long time he had bewitched them with sorceries, But when they believed Philip, preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Then Simon himself believed also, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. Now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John who when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were ba- only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then laid they their hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money saying, Give me also this power, that on whomsoever I lay hands he may receive the Holy Ghost. But Peter said unto him, Thy money perish with thee, because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. Thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter, for thy heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent therefore of this thy wickedness, and pray God, if perhaps the thought of thy heart may be forgiven thee, For I perceive that thou art in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. Then answered Simon and said, Pray ye to the Lord for me, that none of these things which ye have spoken come upon me. And they, when they had testified and preached the word of the Lord, returned to Jerusalem and and preached the gospel in many villages of the Samaritans. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Geza, which is desert. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, <coughs> king of the Ethios- Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah the prophet. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near, and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him, and heard, and heard him read the prophet Isaiah, and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. The place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before his shearer, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation his judgment was taken away, and who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet, this, of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same time. Scripture, and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water, what doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thy heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down into the water, both Philip and the eunuch. And he baptized him. And they were, <clears throat> and when they were come up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more. But he went on his way rejoicing. And but Philip was found at Azotus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. So this talks a little bit about this Saul. Saul, at first mentions, and that of course was Saul of Tarsus, who was a a, a powerful young Jewish man, very uh, accomplished, uh, who, as we know, now later became the Apostle Paul. This Saul was was highly educated. He was uh, very ambitious and. Uh, had a, a lot of people following him and he was, he was one of the chief uh, persecutors of the early Christian church. He, he was, uh, had the authority to bind Christians, to, to take, take them prisoner and, and bring them before these councils. And, and, uh, and in the case of Stephen, Saul gave Authority and consent to, to putting Stephen to death uh, by stoning. And, uh, as it says in the third verse, as for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house and hailing men and women, committed them to prison. That was, uh, if we remember a little bit before this in Acts, the, the, the christians were were gathering together in uh, communal living they they were all uh, spending all their time in prayer and and all the christians were gathered it sounds like in in uh, a few a few uh, large houses and they they spent all their time together searching the scriptures and and uh, in fellowship eating together and and uh, living together communally and that was a very short time that that went on where it said that the people who had money, they gave it to the cause and, and people had property, a lot of times they sold it or, or gave it to the, to the church for the, for the benefit of them all. Uh, this is just a very short time after that and things had changed a lot uh, in Jerusalem. Uh, the persecution had started and uh, they were, of course persecuted from several sides uh, the christians were were uh, were never well liked by the Romans uh, who were in the government and and they were also, as it says here, the Saul was a leader in the persecution that came from the from the Hebrews uh, from the the uh, people of the synagogue and the chief priests and, and those, those people, they also were doing everything in their power to persecute and, uh, destroy this Christian religion. And, uh, and so we see that this, uh, this Saul was, uh, a key figure in that. He was entering into these houses, taking people captive and, and bringing them to, uh, to uh, some kind of a what we'd call a kangaroo court that they were they had going on, and they would put these people to death and persecute them and throw them in prison and and uh, sometimes beat them and and uh, threaten them with all sorts of things. And uh, Saul of Tarsus he was he was the ringleader in in that operation. And there uh, we see in the fourth verse that things had totally changed because of this persecution, largely coming from the, from the Hebrew church, the synagogue, and uh, it says that the people, they went from this communal state where everybody lived together and they had all things in common and they had this close fellowship for a short time. And here we see that uh, it says that they were scattered abroad they went everywhere preaching the word. People the persecution in Jerusalem was so severe that uh that most of the Christians had left the city. They they uh they they uh were dispersed uh, throughout the whole known world. And uh that was that was God's plan. Sometimes God has allowed uh persecution of the church for this very reason, just to that the the, the word of God would be spread. Uh, we we don't understand God's ways, but God knows our human nature better than we know our own, and and He uh, saw it necessary receive, um, even, and uh, even in more recent times, a lot of times the. God's uh, God's word has has uh, prospered and spread in in places where where there is persecution. And a lot of times in places like uh like Canada uh where we don't have persecution, uh people become very complacent and we we tend to uh just focus on ourselves and and uh and not really uh not really uh use the things that God's given us to to do the things that He wants us to do with them. So the believers were scattered abroad and they went everywhere preaching the word. Philip was one of one of those believers he went from down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto the people there i think uh i'm not a, a real deep bible scholar but uh the little that i know the samaritans were were not uh they weren't highly respected among the jews they uh they were kind of uh, half-breed people that were had some Jewish background and some some uh, other type, other uh, race or whatever people, and uh, to the to the Jews, they were they were uh, despised. They were they were, and it's interesting that a lot of the examples uh, that. The Bible gives us of, of even Jesus. Uh, Jesus reached out to a lot of people who were, who were we might say, marginal. They were people who were, who were not uh, the accepted uh, people. Uh, even in our society today, there's people who are who are just kind of cool, or we're even a lot of us here are. Uh, We're not really the fringe of society and but we see that Jesus reached out to the people that were. They they were the poor, they were the a lot of times the, the sickly, a lot of times they they were of some race that was that was uh marginalized, you might say, that were um, that were uh for whatever reason people people categorize each other and and some people end up on the um, getting a lot less respect than others and and uh, it's unfortunate but but uh the Christian church is not supposed to be that way and we see the example of Jesus himself that he he really focused on on the people who who uh, were not at the top of the uh, pecking order you might say. And those were the people who who needed Jesus. They they that uh, they realized, and they they couldn't deny their their need of a savior. And that's how these Samaritans were. <clears throat> we there's a story about the the good Samaritan, and and uh, that's a whole other story. But. But these people of Samaria, to the Jews, to God's, for some reason the Jewish people were God's chosen people and, and God gave them every opportunity in the Old Testament to, to follow Him and, and then even when Jesus came, He, He sent Jesus, went first to the Jews, gave them the first chance to, to believe. And we know that the, the original twelve disciples were, were all Jews. But as a whole, the Jewish nation didn't accept Jesus. They uh, they rejected him and they despised him and, and at, at this time they were as a as a group of their leaders were doing their best to to get rid of the followers of Jesus and this gospel message. And so we see that the that God's plan was that once the message of salvation was rejected by the Jews, that it was to go to, to the rest of the world, to everybody, anybody that would hear. And uh, and we see that most especially, it mentions the, a lot of the people who were, we might say, the, the least likely to, to receive them. Uh, these Samaritans who the Jews would have never never dreamed of, of of having anything to do with Samaritans the Christians went to them and that's where Philip went now in Samaria we see that these people had been given over to sorcery and they were bewitched. Um, there was this man named Simon, Simon the Sorcerer, who uh, I think our society uh, in our recent generations uh, we we haven't had a lot to do with sorcery, and and uh, I think it's unfortunate that. Um, there's there's getting to be a i think quite a fascination among among uh, my generation there's a, there's a lot of uh, interest in this type of religion and uh, a lot of people are of course chasing after a lot of different religions nowadays but uh but uh, there's a lot of people who think it's a lot of fun and and to uh that all these religions are are fascinating to them. And, uh, they of course don't see the dangers. They don't, they don't, uh, realize that there is powers out there. There is many spirits out there. And, uh, it's not all fun and games. That uh, there is powers, but they can they can really they can really destroy people's lives. And and, uh, and that's what we see was had happened here in Samaria. These the city <coughs> was uh, given to sorcery, and people like this Simon had had great followings. Says that these people had had said of Simon, this Simon. They said that this was the great power of God. They they gave him the power of God, although he probably actually had more power from the devil. Nothing of God. They had they had regard to him because he had bewitched them with sorceries. Doesn't really tell us too much about exactly what type of thing he was doing, but, but, uh, but there is powers out there, and the Bible even does tell us about that, that, that there, there are, there are many spirits, many powers, that are not of God in this world, and, and they can even do some, some, uh, things that we might call miracles, they can do some things that are, that are more powerful than, than natural, Logic would would allow, but they definitely don't have the power of God. Uh, there's a lot of places in the world, even today, that are that are very given to to these uh, these type of religions. Uh, my cousin, my cousin Stuart there is uh, his wife's from Morocco, and they have a lot of this type of religion. We call black magic or sorcery over there, and people casting spells and and whatnot and and uh, and there is power in that it's it's we, we shouldn't we shouldn't minimize it to say that there's no power in it because there is but uh, as uh, as Miriam said that the, the, <clears throat> their power is subservient to the power of Jesus Christ that uh, that they don't have to be afraid of these sorceries if they have Jesus but Jesus can, can and has overcome all those things. So, so that's that's really the key is uh, is to to trust in Jesus. To be aware that there are things out there, and but to put our faith in God through Jesus through Jesus Christ. So we see that Philip went there and uh, these people who, to our, to our logic, would, we would think would be the last ones who would, would have need of a Savior. Philip went there and preached and uh, many of those people believed. It says, when they believed the preaching, Philip preaching the things concerning the Kingdom of God, and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. And Simon himself believed also. And when he was baptized, he this was, of course, Simon the sorcerer, it says he believed. And he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the signs and miracles. We can see that some, some there are some people who, who believe and, but it doesn't quite, uh, I guess the Bible even says that the devils believe that uh, the devil himself believes that Jesus is and, and all the things that are true about Jesus. But I guess in a nutshell, it, it goes down to, do we believe in Jesus or do we believe on Jesus? If we, we can believe in Jesus, we can believe that Jesus, this man existed, that he, he lived two thousand years ago roughly, that he walked and did good works. We know that the Muslims all believe that. They, they believe that Jesus was a good man and, and that he did live. Even history tells us that Jesus lived. He was a physical man. There's, there are natural histories that tell us of Jesus. And I don't think there's very much argument against that, 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 that he did, he, he did exist. But to believe on Jesus takes it to a whole different level, where Jesus is our foundation. And, uh, That's where I, a few years ago I had a, I think it was a high school, kid stopped by in Delvern, my shop there on Main Street, I had the Bible verse on the front window and it says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved, and this uh probably 18 year old kid stopped by and. And I was glad he came in and visited anyways. But, uh, he said, you got a typo on your, on that verse on your front window. You see, it should say, you believe in Jesus. And I said, no, it uh, no, it, it, it means exactly what it says, that, that when it says believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, that means that Jesus is our foundation. We are built, our life and, and our faith is built on Jesus. It's not just that I believe that Jesus did exist, but but if you want to be saved, you gotta believe on Jesus, But that has to be foundational for, for our other, our other, our other, uh, our other beliefs. That it's not, we can believe in Jesus and that can be just a small thing that's, that's one of thousands of things that we believe in, but, but if Jesus is our foundation, then we're believing on Jesus. And that is where we can find uh, salvation. And I think that's that's the, really the distinction here with this Simon. As we go on, uh, it says Simon believed. He heard the preaching of Philip. And uh, it rang true. He believed that the sound sounded right, sounded sounded good to him. We know that, uh, some religions like the Hindus, they, they'll have, uh, innumerable gods and, uh, and, uh, uh, sister's husband being from India, he, he said a lot of the Hindus will give some penance or money, even whatever, to, to, uh, Christian churches. Because they think that the more gods they have in their repertoire, you might say, the the better chance they'll have in the afterlife. So, so they want to have everything. They they want to. They'll have. That that's that's kind of how the Hindu religion works. Is that that you, if you're Hindu, you can have Christianity and you can have Buddhism and you can have this tree and you can have that cow and and. Uh, and some individual people will have thousands of gods for each one person if they're really, really dedicated. And, uh, so some of these people, they would even say they believe Jesus and they, they believe everything. And, uh, maybe that was a little bit like this Simon here. He was trying to cover all the bases, but it sounded good, so add it to his, add it to his, uh, his, let uh, say, his repertoire. That's that's what that's where he was at. So the Apostle, it says the apostles, which were at Jerusalem, heard that Samaria had received the word of God. They sent unto them Peter and John. Peter and John, of course, were two of the. Two of the original twelve disciples, and who had walked with Jesus, and I think it was they wanted to make sure that if there was a, a big group of people who had received preaching, they wanted to make sure that that preaching was right and that the people were that the people were taught truth and and that they weren't in error, and and so. So they sent Peter and John who had who had walked with Jesus for several years and listened directly to Jesus' preaching and and uh they would have gone to help with the work and the preaching there in Samaria, but they also could have confirmed whether whether these people were solid, whether it's easy for people to hear something and and on a whim you might say to be like, Oh yeah, that sounds great, let's let's run with it. But to truly believe it and to have right understanding is 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 uh is uh, takes it to the next level, and that's something that God has to give, and and there has to be true teaching. And uh, so we see that it's not enough just for people to hear and believe Jesus. It says that they they came down and prayed that they might receive the Holy Ghost also. For us to have faith that is saving faith, I believe that it's not just it's not enough to just have knowledge of Jesus. It has to be that this Holy Ghost would come and dwell within us. That the Spirit of God Himself would would come and dwell within us, and that's what this Holy Ghost. That, uh, that it is, that, that it would, uh, that God would dwell within us. Not just that we would have a knowledge of God, but that He would be within us, giving us this, we talk about the still small voice, which is within us, which, uh, this Holy Ghost, which would, it also calls the Comforter, that can give us, us comfort, can give us, uh, um, understanding the things that we need can open the open the understanding of the Bible, most especially. And so they prayed that that the people would also receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet He was not fallen upon them; only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. We see that in in uh, multiple cases, this is this is how it went. The people believed when they were, when, when they had heard and received and believed, they were baptized. And that's the order God had laid out, that if you believe, you should be baptized. But still they prayed, they had to pray, and they still needed, they were still lacking, that they, they didn't yet have the Holy Ghost. And they prayed, these, uh, Peter and John prayed that they would receive the Holy Ghost also. says that they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost I don't know if this was in the baptism or if that was separate but the tradition and custom in our church is being that when forgiveness of sins has been preached that hands would be laid on the person if there's a person who needs their sins forgiven That at the same time as as the uh, the message of forgiveness is is given, that we would also want to lay hands on the person, and that's this is one place where that comes from. And we see that through in places in the Bible, we see that often it is through laying on of hands that the Holy Ghost is given and received this is biblical. It's, uh, I think there's, there's something that is, uh, among people necessary that uh, there be touch. It's, uh, it's good to give words of comfort or even emails or whatever nowadays, but, but there, you just can't replace touch. You can't replace a hug or a handshake or a, or a, a pat on the shoulder or a pat on the head or whatever it might be that, uh, it's just not the same. You know, even with my kids, you can't, I could, I could say good morning to them and, and whatever I, I might say, you know, to, to try and be a father, but if I never touched them, I, I don't think that they would, they would, uh, They couldn't believe that I actually would love them if I, if I didn't give them hugs and, and, uh, it's, it's just something that's necessary even, even for grown-ups I think is, is that, that we would, we would have touch among people that we love. And that there, there's something that's given that comfort, that comfort I think that's given through, through touch that, that just, uh, is, is uh, just, not, just not the same without it. Then we see that the Simon, the Simon the sorcerer, going back to him, says he saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands the Holy Ghost was given and he offered the money. He, you can see that he, it said earlier that he believed the message of Jesus, but then when you see this verse, you, you can see that he really just totally had missed the point. He didn't understand at all what was going on. He thought that uh, this was a kind of a natural thing like everything else in the world where money talks, and that... A lot of times in the world they'll give you a free sample, but you gotta pay the money to get the real thing, and that's, that's how, that's how this Simon probably thought it was, that maybe you'll get a taste of it for free, but surely I'll have to give them some money to, to get the real power here. That's how things work in this world, whether you're at a store or wherever, they'll always give you go to a car dealer they'll give you a free test drive but if you want the car you gotta you gotta put lots of money down Uh, that's how uh that's how simon was thinking here but we see peter had to peter tried to explain it to him he says thy money perished with me because thou thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money uh, there's a lot of of people today in fact I think our flesh a lot of times would like to sometimes try to buy our salvation we'd like to especially people that are, are really prosperous in this world they think they can buy anything and that because they've made lots of money, they can they can maybe just uh, give a whole bunch to a church or their favorite political party or whatever. We can because I've uh, or uh, whatever charitable cause. They're all good, but uh my uh, Raiden came from the big big logger in the area. He paid for a big part of the fire hall, and they get their name all over the newspaper, how how generous they are, but uh, maybe, maybe instead of having millions in the bank, they could be a little nicer to their employees and, and uh, that sort of thing. And uh, they might not get so much front-page news coverage, but they might actually living more of a Christian life and that's the thing about this money is that it's uh, this Simon he obviously had money and uh, that's a lot of people that have a lot of money that's how they, they start thinking And unfortunately religions a lot of times go that way too. You see a lot of churches that have a lot of money. And, uh, it's, if we can start, if we start thinking that we can buy God's blessing or or somehow buy the spreading of the gospel, I think we're totally missing the point that it's, it's really through the through the preaching of the gospel in a lot of times small ways that the gospel is is spread through individual believers, telling other people however they can. Sometimes through what we say and sometimes through what we do through our our life, that's the only way other people are gonna come to, to see Jesus Christ believe on him Peter tells this Simon he says thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter for thy heart is not right in the sight of God repent therefore of this thy wickedness and pray God if perhaps the thought of thy heart may be forgiven thee for I perceive thou art in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity And answered Simon and said, Pray pray ye to the Lord for me that none of these things which ye have spoken come upon me. We see that Simon ignored the instruction that uh, Philip gave him. Philip told him to pray to God. Philip told him to repent of his wickedness. Simon, he didn't do either of those things. He just said, maybe you can pray for me that God won't bring these things upon me He didn't Simon didn't He didn't deny that What Philip said was true He didn't And he didn't do the thing That Philip asked him to do But he He kind of Tried to change the subject He might say And and said Well I, Maybe if you intercede I, These things won't Happen to me But But we know that's not Really the the job of the Christian is not we're not we're not here just to to uh, try to convince God to overlook sin we're here to tell people about Jesus to tell people about forgiveness about repentance and if people do repent if they Seek Jesus in humility, pray to God that He could work in their life. Then, then the forgiveness will come. Then the, the judgment will be waived, you might say, through, through Jesus Christ and the work that's already been done. But, but that's the thing. Jesus has already done the work. Jesus has already paid the price. All, all people need to do is receive it. And even the Simon here that's all he needed to do was was to receive Jesus to to let go of his human
1: tendencies and and that but
0: we do need to pray for people, pray for ourselves, pray for everyone because of ourselves, we can't just let go of our human nature we we need God to help us with that. I don't know how how exactly it works but but we do know that prayer has power it says when they, when they had testified and preached the word of the Lord, returned to Jerusalem, that would be Peter and John.
1: They come there.
0: They preached the word of the Lord and returned to Jerusalem and preached the gospel in many villages of the Samaritans. that that at least some of those people were saved there was we see many places theres revivals there was there was uh, many people came to believe and if you look at the history of it we, we see that uh, a lot of times in quite a short time you know sometimes a matter of a very short time and sometimes it was a matter of decades or or, uh, longer. Most of these churches eventually died out again. That, uh, but we have to believe that, that, uh, some were saved. Some, some took to heart the message of Jesus and, and believed it and, and lived their life according to it. And that's what happened in Samaria here. These people, Philip, and and all of them, they they all the people that heard, they they preached the gospel wherever they could, and they and the people that believed, we uh, we, we can trust that they they uh, received eternal life beyond this world, and and that's the whole the whole uh, focus of. Of Jesus coming to this earth is to save sinners. Any who would believe. So now in the 27th here, it kind of goes into could be a whole other story, but Philip arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasure and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot and read Isaiah the prophet. And the spirit said unto Philip, go near, join thyself to this chariot. The spirit that said to Philip, would be that holy ghost that is in the believers, and I know I've heard of some people who say that it's the spirit will speak to them just like uh, another person talking to them, and I haven't experienced that, but I won't say that it can not happen. I think a lot of us, it's maybe a little more subtle than that, that it might just be that for whatever reason, we just feel like we just should go talk to somebody, or, or uh, in some cases we might be doing everything we can to avoid it, and it just, just can't really seem to do anything but uh, do whatever we're supposed to be doing. Uh, it's our, our nature, what it is, but uh, we know that God's, God's work is done one way or the other. But here we have the Holy Spirit said to Philip, Go near, join thyself to this chariot. So Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest. So this man he was a eunuch uh, of Ethiopia. Here again we have another person who was a uh, uh, not a highly regarded person in in, our, in, the, in the world, in the natural world. He would have been a slave of this queen. Um, and uh, a eunuch is uh, basically a steer like uh, of cattle. He's not able to have children. And that's something they would do to slaves in those days, especially if they were working with a queen, a woman. And uh, it was, of course, not uh, not something that uh, was highly respected um, among people. And so, so these people, even even in our day, slaves are generally not considered um, highly but this man would have in some ways been the lowest of the low of slaves although he had a he had a position of great authority and so it, uh, it's kind of an interesting contrast but but uh So he was travel, traveling, came down to Jerusalem to worship and uh, doesn't really tell us whether he w- was, a, what he was worshiping, if he was a Jew, of course the Jews uh, had their, their temple in Jerusalem and so he may have been a Jew coming to Jerusalem to worship. And He was reading Isaiah, which would also also uh, likely lead us towards believing that he may have been a Jew. To read, we have been reading the Old Testament. Most other people wouldn't have been reading the Old Testament of of the Bible, but he was. He was he was there, riding in a chariot, reading the Old Testament, and. Uh, And a lot of times in the, in the, I've heard that in, in old times people didn't generally just read quietly to themselves like we normally do nowadays, but, but that people if they were reading they would more likely read out loud. Partly because, uh, historically books have been incredibly expensive and and for for this man to even have access to a book was was unusual. He was obviously uh, in a position of great authority in charge of treasure and he had access to to uh, some books and and he was in some ways he was he was uh you might say rich in the in uh, natural possessions but but we find that he was he was lacking something still, so he was reading Isaiah, and Philip was probably walking, and uh, and heard him reading, heard what he was reading, and Philip would have been familiar with the with the passage, and and the place was that he was led as a sheep to the slaughter, like a lamb dumb before the shear, his shearer, so he, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation his judgment was taken away and who shall declare his generation, for his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this, of himself or of some other man? And Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. Of course, a lot of the Old Testament is prophecy of Jesus and, and that's what, that's what, uh, this eunuch was reading. Jesus, of course, is the one who was led as a sheep to the slaughter. He was like the lamb dumb before his shear, so opened he not his mouth. The Bible tells us that that when Jesus was interrogated by Pilate and and the chief priests and council there, they he he didn't he didn't answer them. He he, uh, for the most part, it's, it was, uh, as, as it says, he was dumb, he, he didn't speak. He, he, he let them make their false accusations and argue among themselves. And, and Jesus just uh, just took it. And uh, so it says, so, so he was dumb before his shearer, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation, and his ju- his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. So that's what that's what happened to Jesus. He was humiliated, and uh, his life was taken from the earth. But who shall declare his generation? Of course, that would be us. That would be the those who believe in Jesus. It's given to us to declare Jesus. And that's what Philip did then. It says, Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came to a certain water. And the eunuch said, see, here's water. What does hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, if thou believest with all thy heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still and they both went down into the water, both Philip and the eunuch. And uh, Philip baptized the eunuch there. I guess this this statement that the eunuch made is is a little more has little more depth to it than than maybe what uh, the sorcerer had believed. When the eunuch says that I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that's that's a, a fairly encompassing statement. He didn't just believe that Jesus Christ was a man who had. Been crucified i think that was undisputed at that time everybody knew about it but but to say that he believes that jesus christ is the son of god that gives jesus christ the power to be the son of god as as he said and to uh to forgive sins to give us eternal life to to uh be an intercessor between us and god and uh That's what Philip, that's what this eunuch believed. And that is, uh, I believe, enough to to uh, give us hope of eternal life. So he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch. Philip baptized the eunuch. And when they were come up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord caught away Philip so
1: that the eunuch saw him no more.
0: But he went on his way rejoicing. So we see another miracle here that Philip just disappeared. Somehow he was, it says the spirit of the Lord caught away Philip. And uh, we don't know why, but uh, God has his ways of, of doing things. Um, we don't understand. Sometimes even in my own life, I've had, I don't know that what the purpose was, but sometimes I've had a person come into my life for maybe even a matter of hours or less. And uh, it seemed like you'd have fellowship with them and Maybe even have a good visit and then you never see them again. And, uh, you don't know why that is. Other people, you see them regularly for years. And, uh, but other times it can be like Philip here that, that he, he may have only been in the presence of this eunuch for, it might not have even been an hour. It might have been a matter of half an hour or, or even less that they were together they had a they had a quick conversation about Jesus Christ and and the eunuch believed and was baptized and Philip was gone and that was all that God needed in that situation we see a lot of times that uh, God doesn't waste time he doesn't uh, it's not needed and uh have to assume it doesn't uh this that's all we hear about that eunuch we don't we uh we have to assume that he went on to uh, home to ethiopia and and would have continued telling people there about about jesus he may have been the the first uh first christian in ethiopia who who uh likely was the seed of the, the Ethiopian church we can speculate on these things and how, how it is that that uh, the word of God is spread uh, a lot of times through, through ways that uh, we don't know or understand that uh, when it's God's will it's going to happen we can look at at uh, you might say, church ministries and and uh, projects and and uh, mission work and and there's there's times when churches have spent thousands and poss- even millions of dollars in in sending people to parts of the world and and uh, great expense. And then there's other times when somehow God will uh, get one little tract to somebody. We, nobody knows how it got there, and and that person will make contact with somebody, and and it ends up uh, being the seed of uh, of uh, a lot of people coming to know Jesus Christ through uh, incredibly small small means, we would say and that's that's where we got to leave it up to god we we can't uh We can't judge before the fact what the effect is going to be, especially in in god's work in in the in the natural things it's we get used to being things being more of a cause and effect in business or farming or whatever you plant the seed and it costs a certain amount and you you start a new business and it's going to cost a certain amount and you hope to make a certain profit but when it comes to things of God I think we try to do some of that because we do have to be a little bit responsible we know that there are costs to some things and especially if we are taking on a journey or whatever we need to count the cost we need to be reasonable but then we can find untold number of examples of, of Christian work where where the the costs just don't add up at all, where where God is able to, to, to produce ways of of even allowing people to travel or or uh, providing food for people or uh, whatever that just just don't. Uh, they just defy all all logic and all uh, all reason of of uh, how things work in this natural world, and it's just like the feeding of the five thousand or whatever those things can still happen today when God sees fit. So they came up out of the water. Doesn't tell us what kind of water there was there, if it was a river or a pond or or what they had, but there was some water and Philip baptized the eunuch. The spirit of the Lord caught away Philip and the eunuch saw him no more, but he went on his way rejoicing. And that's, that's really the, when the Spirit of God is in a person they, there, there can be that joy rejoicing even if it's uh, we might have hard times hard circumstances in some way we can have peace, we can have a assurance and, and a joy within us that that uh, just trusting that God is over, over all things that's something that the world doesn't have that all the world has is is uh, the natural things, and and they have they still have the same hard things that they have to deal with. But they don't. If if you don't have a faith that God is is over it all, it I think it's a pretty uh, pretty depressing uh, place to be for a lot of people. But this eunuch, he had that in spite of the things he didn't have, he, the hardships he had in his own life, different struggles. Each of us has different struggles, whatever they may be. And this eunuch, no doubt, had had his share of, of, of struggles. But he went on his way rejoicing home to Ethiopia. And Philip was found at Azotus, I'm not sure exactly where that was from, from where he was going, but but uh, it sounds like he was just transported into to another town there, close by somewhere, and he passing through preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. So he just carried on. He he kept uh, kept traveling telling people about Jesus wherever he went and that's that's what all the all the disciples did all the everybody that's heard about Jesus they didn't all travel they there was a lot of people obviously had families and they uh, they had the responsibility to raise their families and and uh, if they could we see that many of them were persecuted and uh, were forced to to move on to different places and and in some places they uh, they just stayed where they were and uh and told the people within their own city and and uh and uh but whatever whatever our situation is that's God has has told us as as Christians that once we've heard about Jesus, just tell others that whatever, however we can, wherever we go, live our lives as, as Christians and if we can be, it says, always be ready to give answer to any that would ask of the hope that lies within us. And that, that's, uh, I think that's, for me, I, I'm not a real, uh, going person i guess uh, not very uh, extroverted uh, but i, I guess I, I take comfort in that verse because it's it said that not all of us are are people that are just going to talk to everybody we see but but i would pray that that our lives would would be an example and sometimes that the things we don't say might be as obvious as the things that we do say and and as the bible says that if if someone would ask us we pray that god would would give us words that that we could tell people of jesus and and what he's done for us we pray that god would would add his blessing to the reading of his word and, and that he would give each of us strength every day for everything we need to do and, and that he would uh Help us to continue to trust in Jesus. Amen. May the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord make his face to shine upon us and give us everlasting peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Anyone have a song I'd like to continue with? 369, 269.
2: Saturday afternoon? And no. Sunday. Sunday afternoon. Oh, yeah. afternoon. And regular service at the night. Yeah. Oh, okay. But we can't be here for
0: it. So. Okay. Oh, so I'll talk to him. I hope he's back. sometime. He's supposed to be back tomorrow. I think he's dead Monday. Okay. Any other messages that he has? Any other song you want to close it? for